Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um. Good morning, everyone. It's time for our AM Minnesota show. Computer's got a mind of its own there. It was trying to start a song, as you could hear. But no, we want to hear the musical voice of Nicole Musolf. Did I say that right, Nicole? You did. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Nicole is the executive director of Nearstrand Elementary. It's a charter school, and it seriously is one of my favorite places on the planet. It is very special. A hidden gem. Got that peace garden. Have a peace garden, for sure, run by our students. All kinds of terrific uh, outdoor classes over Big Woods State Park, which is my favorite state park. It is beautiful there, walking down to the falls. Yes. Yep, that's my favorite place in the park. Is it? Yeah, I like to sit there and just close my eyes and listen to the water rush. It's beautiful. The kids love to walk down there during Discovery Day when we go there in the fall. I'll bet. Do you get out there very often? Uh, Last year, we were out there three times. We went out there in the fall, and then we did some snowshoeing with our older students. And then um, our middle students went out and listened to the frogs and got to find some frogs in the spring, which was pretty exciting for them. Well, of course it was. Yes. And it's right there. It is. And it's live. And it's happening. Yes. And so your whole learning world is right open there it is it's fantastic and we walk out there which is quite the little hike for us but we do um which is good for our kids to get out and get some exercise and then we take a bus back so but we enjoy it we enjoy being that close and having some outdoor learning and being out in the environment and uh experiencing what nature has to offer us and i know it's before it was a charter school i was there in the uh, 90s Mm -hmm. Uh, because I think it was 99 I read on their website when the vote was taken to make it a charter school. Yes, we were the first conversion school in Minnesota. So prior to that, we were a traditional school, and then um, there was a vote to make us a charter school. So, And what is a charter school? So a charter school is a public school. So we receive public funds from the state like traditional districts do. Um, But we uh, operate just a little bit differently. Usually there's a focus. Usually there's a niche, um, something that makes us just a little bit different than a traditional district. So in our case, um, we're smaller. In our case, our focus is environmental. In our case, we have multi-age classrooms. Um, And so that sets us apart from a traditional district. Yeah, they had the multi-edge classrooms there. Even when I was over there, I had a little brother. I was in Big Brothers Big Sisters who attended school there. So I went to a lot of programs there. And I think I told you before you hit the airwaves, I interviewed former Governor Al Kui, Rice County native from the Denison area. He was at that school one day giving a presentation. I interviewed him and he said, you know, our forefathers had it right when they had the one-room schoolhouse because you had multi-age levels. Older kids helped younger kids. And you said that's kind of what you guys are doing now. 
Correct. So our kindergarten and first grade classrooms stand alone, but then our second and third graders are together. uh, And the only part of their day that they're separate is for math. And then our fourth and fifth graders are together as well, except for math. And we do. We find that they have the same teacher for two years in a row, which is extremely beneficial. They know that teacher. The teacher knows them very well, their academic strengths, their needs for growth. And then they're able to help those incoming students that come the next year and are model citizens for them and they can show them the ropes and show them the expectations and be leaders, which is great. Well, and you know, you don't always just make friends with people your own age. Correct. Correct. My best friend graduated a year after I did right. in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, you know, teaching kids to go outside of their, their classroom you know, age range is important too, which lends itself to homeroom. So twice a week we have homeroom, which is unique to us as well. So then they get together K-5 with a teacher uh, twice a week and they work on social emotional skills. So then they're with all age groups and they work on, um, you know, like I said, social emotional skills and then they do spotlight. So once a year, they're the, the spotlight of the week and they get to talk about themselves and then they're recorded and they stand up and they, they give a presentation. And then if you stay with us for all six years, then you get that jump drive with all of your spotlights recorded and you get to see your growth and your public speaking skills, which is fantastic. The, the growth growth that they make and from kindergarten to fifth grade is just phenomenal and it's great and they love spotlight you ask them their favorite part about homeroom and they'll tell you it's being with their friends and spotlight so are you affiliated with any middle school or do they get to go wherever they want after k through five they get to choose they get to choose and the vast majority of our students do come from Fairbo because Fairbo provides our transportation. And so there, a lot of our students do return to Fairbo um, just because that's where they reside. Um, but, you know, we have students that go to Kenyon. We have students that go to Northfield. We have students that go to Medford. So we do have students that go to a variety of areas. And but that's kind of, if I'm hearing you right, what you want, you want to get people from all around the melting pot of this region. Correct. Correct. For a better learning environment. Correct. Yeah, so it, it's open enrollment. It is that opportunity to where anybody can enroll with us, um, and that that time frame is open now. So um, families can certainly check out our website and enroll for next year. Um, we're looking for students of all age, but particularly kindergarten. We would love to fill our kindergarten class, uh, and so we're looking for uh, students of that age. You said fills. So you must have a cap in mind. We'll take twenty three kindergartners. That's the number. That's the number. It's the golden ticket. 23. Yes. The studies that say that's the exact perfect number? Or? I don't know that there's studies that say that. That's just our number. So we like to keep our number low. In each of our classrooms, we also have a paraprofessional. So we are well-staffed. So there are two adults, at least two adults in every classroom. Um, so our kids get their needs met as well as possible, which is important to us. Um, and so uh, we like to keep class sizes low, which is another benefit of the charter world. If people are interested, how do they get a hold of you? Go to our website. Um and check us out. Do you have a phone number? I sure do. 333 I'm going to get a market update here. Otherwise, I'll be in some trouble. And You know, the, I don't know the kind of discipline you have out at Nearstrand Charter, but uh, 
when I was a kid, I remember when I was in first grade, I got brought up in front of the class and I had to, uh, I had to put my nose up against the wall while the class was behind me, the whole class, because I acted out. Oh, yeah, we don't do that. No, that was kind of sad. Anyway, Keller Insurance Agency, Craig Keller, the Keller Insurance Agency in Nearstrand helps protect all things important to you. Warner Farm Seed Dundas, quality seed at reasonable prices, including cover crop seed. Give Paul or Gene a call, 507-645-7995. Here are those opening markets. Corn is up, soybeans, cattle, and hogs are down. I'm John Perkins with a Brownfield Market Update. Stein invented short stature corn, then they perfected it. For unique hybrids derived from the most superior corn breeding program, choose MX Series Corn by Stein. Soybeans are lower this morning. Brazil's harvest is just over 2% complete. While estimates are falling, it still looks to be a large crop. Probably not the 135 million tons that one private firm's projecting. Projections for Argentina are generally rising with that crop in good shape. March is down 15 and a half at 12.11 and three quarters. And May beans are 14 and three quarters lower at 12.23 and three quarters. March bean meal is down five is down 5.90 at 3.65.20. March bean oil is 14 lower at 47.11. Corn's up, bouncing off the recent lows while also watching weather in South America. Forecast to have more near-term rain in parts of Brazil while conditions in Argentina are favorable. March corn's up four and a quarter at 447 and three quarters. May's three and three quarters higher at 459. And wheat seeing an oversold bounce, but any gains will continue to be limited by slow export demand and the mostly higher trade in the dollar index. Another round of bitterly cold weather's on tap for some U.S. winter wheat growing areas. March Chicago's a dime higher at 592. Once again, finding some support. March cotton's up 85 at 82.18. May's 80 higher at 83.08. Rice is mixed, adjusting spreads. March is steady at 17.55 and a half. May's down two at 17.78. Cattle have turned lower, watching uh, weather in the major feeding areas, waiting for direct business to get going. February lives down 70 at 172.42. And April's 47 lower at 174.70. March feeders are down 37 at 228.45. And hogs are seeing some follow-through pressure tied to their premium to cash. February's down 62 at 70.15. April 65 lower at 76.92. Crude oil's down this morning. John Perkins, Brownfield Market Update. AM Minnesota on the Mighty 920 KDHL. We continue our conversation this morning on our AM Minnesota show. I have to book the next couple of days yet. Oh, no, Jerry's doing tomorrow. That's right. He's doing a show. He didn't write it on the calendar. He said he was going to. But tomorrow, Jerry is hosting the show from the Ag Expo in Mankato. So I'm writing it in my calendar right now. He'll be hosting the show tomorrow from Mankato in the Ag Expo. So I'm guessing I'll be back on this end engineering for him. Just a guess. Guess on my part. In studio today is Nicole Musolf. She is the executive director of Nearstrand Elementary Charter School. They are right now in the middle, or have you just started open enrollment? Open enrollment began January 1st, so we're in the middle. Has it been going pretty good? It's going, yes. Yes, we're getting some students, so um, we're a third of the way to our goal. So, you know, we want to keep going. I know we were chatting before going on the air. COVID had a big effect on you guys. 
It did. It did. So um, we historically have had 150 students. um, But when COVID hit, uh, you know, families took precautions and some families chose to homeschool. And so enrollment declined because of that. And so we are still looking to make a comeback. um, Yeah. Yeah. To recover from that. And districts around us are have seen declining enrollment as well. So, you know, we're not an anomaly. We're just so small that it impacts us much greater because of that. So if you have a thousand students and you lose a hundred, that feels very different than, you know, losing 50 when you only have 150. So it just has impacted us really greatly. Yeah. So that had to, well, that had to impact the budget, right? For sure. For sure. And so um, fortunately, Nurse Strand has had a healthy financial situation. And so um, they've been very stable for a long time, which has been wonderful. Um, And so financially, we are doing okay. But, you know, revenue flows through students. And so it is important that we sustain with enrollment. And so we want to see our students increase back to 150. So we have that thriving building and that thriving school that we once had. Now your title is executive director. Correct. Not principal. Correct. Not superintendent. Correct. Executive director. Correct. And that's unique to the charter world. I hold my principal license and my superintendent license through the state of Minnesota, but in the charter world, we're called executive directors. So as a charter school, you don't have to have a principal's license or a superintendent license. You can take a different pathway and still be an executive director as a leader. And so I happen to have my principal and superintendent license. I am licensed in those areas, um, but not every um, leader in the charter world is. So they are called executive directors. Now, I think we're, you said off the air here that you have a background in elementary. I do. I do. Yes. Taught fourth grade. What led you to get into this end of the business as opposed to being in the classroom? Sure. So um, when I was teaching, I loved it, loved teaching, loved all aspects of it, but realized that I had leadership capability and that I could make a, a greater difference if I was outside of the classroom. So just decided to pursue leadership um, very early in my career. And it does sound like the charter school is a a bit more innovative than your public school system. That's what it sounds like to me. It it allows some bouncing within the box. I, I like to say the box is a little bigger to bounce around in, right? So um, it it has its challenges, right? Like we can't levy taxes like a traditional district can. So your funding sources are a li- little bit more limited. Um, you have to be a little bit more creative in that aspect. But for example a lot of charter schools don't have unions. So um, the ability to shift gears and or um, change course of action sometimes can happen a little bit more quickly because there aren't as many um, channels that you have to go through. So there's trade-offs, right? So there's some good and there's some, you know, um, some roadblocks that you have to go through too. Yeah, well, that's true with anything in life, right? That's true. Pretty much anything in life. Mm-hmm. So again, folks, if you're interested, you got a kid, a grandkid that might be perfect for the Nearstrand Charter School. And I'm guessing that uh, it runs the gamut in terms of the type of students that you have. Correct. 
Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We take, we're, we're a public school, so we take all students. So, um, no tuition. No tuition. It's public school, so it's free. Um, and if you're within Faribault public school boundaries, transportation is provided. If you come with, with, outside that boundary, then you have to drive, transport your own student. But I would encourage you to come and check us out. We really, like I said, it's a hidden gem in that community that you just might be surprised how wonderful it is when you come. I am curious to know, Nicole. Yes. Why? What led you to Nearstrand Charter School? When you first saw it, did you scratch your head or did you say, Voila, this is the way it should be. Sure. So um, I'm from West Concord. Like I live in West Concord. So small town. Yeah, very small. Yeah. So, um, and I had come from a charter school in Rochester that was 90% special ed and middle and high school. And my background's elementary. And so um, I was ready to go back to elementary. I was ready to go back to working with kids where they still love to go to school and where they still love learning and they still love their teacher. Um, really the only downside of being in elementary is the illness that goes around. And I often tell staff, you know, that is the only downside is it's a Petri dish sometimes. Um, (laughs) Right. And so I was just ready to go back from a middle school and a high school to elementary where everybody loved learning. And so, um, where I had come from was very high octane and graduation and getting kids across the finish line was such important work, but such hard work. And, you know, when they start their career, there's just glory in their eyes and they, you know, they just love it. And, oh, I'm at school and I get to do this project and look at what I did and everything is just happy. Um, And I was ready to return to that. And so Nurse Strand offered that and they had been stable and, They'd been around for a long time and the staff has been there for years and just the uniqueness of it and the student-centered committees that they offer. And it was just something that was special about the school. You have school ambassadors, I see on your website. We do. So the school ambassadors are very cool. So that's one of our student committees. And these children lead our tours. So when people come and tour the school, the ambassadors give the tours. Not an adult, a kid. A kid, yes. So as they stop at different points in the school, the ambassadors read from a script and give a history um, of the school. And so they talk everything from spotlight to multi age classrooms to the Peace Garden to everyday Fayed to the unique things, the elders, the community elders that we honor to all of the things that make Nurse Strand special. Um, and so uh, it's very, it's very uh, fun for them to do that, that there's pride in that. And of course they practice, you know, so they're ready to go when these, these people come in for the tour. Um, and then of course, families are very, you know, impressed that students are giving these tours. Nearstrand started as its own district. It did. In 1887. Long time ago. Then they became part of the Faribault Public School District. Correct. As an elementary. Correct. Out there. And then in 99, I think I read on your website, is when the vote was taken, unanimously passed by the folks in the school. Let's become the state's first. Conversion charter school. Correct. 
Correct. So lots of rich history. Um, and so the building that we lease is from Fairbo. Um, and so it that's another thing. Usually charter schools are in churches or they're in strip malls. We're in a, a school, a school um, that used to be Fairbo's. And so um, it's well-maintained. Um, we have a custodian, which is also unique and he takes, Rob takes very good care of us. Um, and our cook is fantastic. She takes very good care of us. So everybody um, makes sure that we're well taken care of. And so the kids have a very rich experience. Um, and so that can't be understated. It says on your website mm -hmm. that every teacher is taught responsive classroom approach. Yes. Explain that, please. So responsive classroom is a, a philosophy where you create a safe learning environment for students. Um, and, and it's rooted in, in the understanding that the environment is respectful. So um, teachers are trained in how to respond to students in a way that helps them understand how their behavior affects others. And so, yes, it's part of discipline, but it's not meant to be um, consequential discipline. It's meant to be teaching. And so the approach is that when you choose this behavior, this is how it affects others. And this is maybe a better choice. And so it very much is about learning and it's about responding to the need of the student. And so teachers very much preemptively teach we're going to an assembly. This is how this should look. We're going to the lunchroom. This is how we walk through the lunch line so it's respectful to everybody. That We're going outside. This is how we play on the playground equipment so everybody is safe. We're walking through the halls. This is what walking quietly through the halls looks like. Oh, let's practice that again. We didn't quite get it this time. Um, and so it very much is a teaching philosophy versus correct correction, correction, correction. Um, and so kids respond well because they understand that they're part of the solution. They're part of the environment. They're part of how they make our school function. I'm guessing, a semi-educated guess, as my microphone keeps sagging on me, <laughs> I'm guessing that you still have to do the standard testing we do. that other schools do. How have you guys done in that? So um, we take the MCAs, the Minnesota Comprehensive Assessments, every spring. Yeah, your microphone doesn't want to cooperate with no, you there, Gordy, does, does it? it. Um, so um, we do take the MCAs every spring. Um, so that way we um, are held accountable just like every other school is. Uh, and so uh, historically, we perform well, uh, you know, in terms of our students. Uh, and so we look at that data. We also take a FAST assessment, which is given three times a year, which is um, another data point that we look at to see how our students are doing uh, throughout the year. Um, and that data measures uh, reading and math. And so we're looking to, to see how they're progressing through the year. And then we're doing interventions based on need. So we look at lots of data points to see um, how our students are doing academically. I'm curious, do you like teaching the tests? No. 
Uh, no, uh, you know, that's not the idea of education. Uh, the idea of education is to teach kids to, um, you know, become thinkers and problem solvers and and to be innovative and to learn to uh, look at the world with a constructive approach. Not to memorize every... No, and but yet there are standards that they have to meet, right? Like when you are in fourth grade, like I taught fourth grade, there are things that fourth graders need to know. And so that's where the tests come in. So and the test, the MCAs test at the end of the year, do they proficiently know these things? And those are important too. So my whole year is not focused on that test, but rather the standards. I have standards that I need to cover. And it's no different in the charter world than the traditional district. As a fourth grade teacher, I need to make sure my students understand these standards and are proficient at these standards. And if they're not, it's my job to, you know, scaffold instruction and provide intervention to make sure that they are getting what they need. So that way, when they leave me as a fourth grade student, I have covered these standards. Is that everything to what I'm teaching them in the classroom? No, there's social emotional learning that's happening. There's which encompasses friendships, which encompasses, you know, how do I play a game and lose gracefully? How do I win gracefully? Um, am I using my manners? Those kinds of things. So there's so much more to it, but we have to cover the standards too. That is teaching and learning. There are those that say you can't teach morals. What do you think? That's the social emotional aspect of teaching. And we absolutely are teaching those skills. We're teaching perseverance. We're teaching, uh, you know, how to be a good friend. We're teaching how to be courageous. We're teaching how to have empathy. We are teaching all of those skills in addition to teaching, you know, how to divide and how to multiply. So they go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. Yeah. They go together. I would argue emotional intelligence may be more important. In the long run, um, how to be a team player, those types of things um, are life skills, right? Like those are what's going to help you in the job world. Um, it's what's going to help you in relationships. And so, yes, um, we do a lot of group work um, at school where they have to work as a team, where they have to be able to be a partner and uh, be accountable to their partner and be kind to their partner and work through that. And, um, and the teachers guide that process because sometimes, you know, they need guidance in that. And it's important to know how to do those things in addition to doing whatever academic task they're being asked to accomplish. It's both. It's not just one or the other. Yeah. Nicole Mooshoff, again, is the executive director of Nearstrand Elementary Charter School located out by the Big Woods State Park in Nearstrand, Minnesota, and the community of Nearstrand loves your school. They do. They do. They're very supportive of us. Um, we actually are going to be doing a color run. Um, for the first time at the school, the kids are going to participate in a color run, and we have asked um, for sponsors for the t-shirts from the Nearstrand businesses, and they're they're 
graciously stepping up to help us with that. So yes, the, the community. Keep in mind, there are not a ton of businesses in Nearstrand. There are not, there are not, but the ones that are there are supportive and um, uh, helpful to the school and willing to support us. And so that feels good. Um, and of course, we're willing to give back to them in any capacity that we can as well. I have to tell you, it kind of amazes me that you are able to even survive when you lose 50 students out of 150. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A third of your enrollment went bye-bye. Correct. Correct. So hopefully you can get at least back. Now, are you capped at 150? Does the state require you to be at that? The state doesn't require that. That's just what our building holds. Okay. That's just what we physically can hold oh, in our okay. space. So you so. couldn't get bigger than that if you wanted to. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That's just our capacity with, with the location that we're at. 150 is a cap. Well, maybe you could build an addition or something. Uh, <laughs> that could be a dream. But then again, you'd lose your charm, right? You know, there is something to be said once you get too big, right? Like if you grow too fast or exceed what your what your space holds, then you do. You lose some of of your foundation. And so 150 is kind of that sweet spot for us. It's what our building holds. It's what the school knew for 20 years. Um, it's what we want to get back to. 150. Class sizes not to exceed 23. For kindergarten. Our, oh, okay. our other grades go up to 26, 27. So, but kindergarten stays at 23. Okay. And again, the phone number out there is? 333 Do you have free lunches like they do in the public school? We sure do. Free breakfast? We sure do. All of that's taken care of by us taxpayers? That's right. All right. Well, I've got a minute left. Is there anything else that I didn't get in that you want to get the word out about, Nicole? Carnival, Friday, February 2nd from 6 to 8 p.m. at our school if you want to come out and join us. That's Groundhog Day. Okay. Isn't that Groundhog Day? I don't know. Is it? I'm pretty sure February 2nd is Groundhog Day. All right. Well, maybe he'll see a shadow or not. And you're going to have a carnival at the school. We are in the evening. And we're invited. You're invited. Yeah, come out, play some games from 6 to 8 p.m. What time is the carnival? 6 to 8 p.m. Oh, you just said that. I did. Yeah. But come on out. All right. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Nice meeting you. Nice to meet you. And best of luck out at Nearstrand Elementary. Sounds awesome, doesn't it? Speaking of awesome, Jerry will be in Mankato tomorrow at the Ag Expo. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.